transfer deadline day is getting closer and so is your deadline for getting 20% off our sports subscription package at thestar.co.uk. Stay up to date with all the latest news from Sheffield Wednesday with a year's subscription to The Star for less than 12 pence per day, giving you unlimited access to all the unrivaled content that we produce on the house 365 days a year. Use the promo code TRANSFER20 now to sign up at thestar.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. And now, on with the show. The Star Hours, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast from the Star in Sheffield. Welcome to the Star Hours, coming at you like an Asazi Oragaidi tackle, uh, reflecting on Sheffield Wednesday's exit from the FA Cup after a spirited performance at Everton at the weekend. Joining me, Liam Horan, is uh, one half of the Star's Owls writing duo. It's Joe Cran. How are you, Joe? Oh, good. My my feet have just about thawed out from my trip to Goodison. Well, a very, very cold weekend. Yes, uh, Sunday night <laughs> is uh, not the ideal time to be sat outside uh, at the minute. Also joining us is the other half of the Stars Owls writing team. It's Alex Miller. How are you, Alex? I'm all right, Liam. I'm uh, quite the opposite of Joe. I'm, I'm sort of in the midst of a isolation period at the minute so uh, I'd, I'd love to go outside and get cold quite honestly <laughs> <laughs> well all the very best uh, with that one uh, let's look back at it then the um, the game at Everton at the weekend Joe your, your thoughts on Wednesday's performance yeah I thought they were they were pretty good you know considering the mismatch I thought they did pretty well especially in the first half they really made a game of it and I think the most important thing for me was the fact that there was actually an attacking intent there. You know, we've seen in, in recent years, played against Everton in the, in the Carabao, Chelsea and um, Man City as well. They've played, you know, big Premier League teams and they've just, they've looked a bit scared and they've sat off things a little bit. Whereas this game, they they really seem to want to have a pop at it. And you look at the squad that, that Ancelotti put out and it was... <laughs> He wasn't hanging about, was I? You know, you Hammers in there, Richarlison, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, you know, a really, really good side that he put out. And for the first half, the Wednesday really held their own. I thought Asazio Irigidi, you, you mentioned him in your uh, as as always superb intro. Um I thought <laughs> I thought Asazi was excellent. Um he really he did he did not look like a player that hasn't played for a year, put it that way. Well, uh, Richarlison certainly knew all about him uh, quite early on in the game. <laughs> it was brilliant, that. <laughs> on the halfway line, he just went straight for him. Won the ball, like, superbly fair challenge. And you, I, I think Richarlison, he was not happy with it. No, not at all. Some confidence, that, Alex, for for, for such a young lad. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. The fact there was a, there was a little bit... It's funny. Asazi Origidi's very short first-team... Sheffield Wednesday career has sort of been split in half, hasn't it? Because he, he burst onto the scene this time last year ago, which is madness, but anyway, um, at, at Brighton and, and played so well in that win at Leeds. And then things sort of very quickly sort of snowballed in the other direction. Uh, he was sent off, wasn't he, in a game, I think it was against Reading, I think. Or Reading. Um, yeah, and, and, and obviously then sort of a long injury. So... Uh, yeah, I was absolutely delighted to see him a in the start, starting lineup and and back on you know contention on that front, and but also to play so well, you know that that first half particularly like Joe said, 
the whole performance was so front foot and there were so many good performances from young players and, and some of the more senior players as well and it was really really encouraging there was a a 10 minute period where Wednesday were were probably the better team really you know which you know a half strength Wednesday against a a full strength uh, Everton uh, it was very impressive indeed so uh, yeah I think you know from, certainly on Asazio Regidia you know really took great pleasure out of watching him on Sunday night but uh, it was just a great great to see all around as you said Wednesday just having a go just kind of wanting to express themselves wanting to play some some decent football and doing so against such a high quality opposition it were after everything it, it, everything that we've, we've been through this season it was just quite a, a nice uh, a, a nice evening's work obviously it went wrong and, and went wrong quite quickly but for for a while there yeah we were really really entertaining watch and continued this kind of feel good path that they've been on since uh, the departure of uh, Tony Pulis obviously a young a young Wednesday team again Joe uh, as we've seen in the cup uh, this season what did you make to the uh, to the young lads uh, at the back yeah I thought they did well again Funnily enough, you know, you look at the the young lads at the back, and I, I think Julian Burner was probably of, of the players that played defensively. I think he he had the worst game um, of the of the back line. I thought Galvin looked really good again. Um, Kieran Brennan seems to be growing every game that he plays. Um, obviously, we've spoken already about about Asazi as well. So, um, I, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's promising. I think it's also worth pointing out just how many players Wednesday are still missing. You know. There was a lot made about the Exeter game because they were only able to to name four subs. But this time around, they could obviously name a full squad. But if you think about the players that aren't available, and you know injuries and COVID-related stuff, you know you've got a good chunk of first-team players who weren't available for that game. You, you look at a list, and you've got Tom Lees and Shay Dunkley and Kieran Westwood and um, you know Lewis Van Arken. There's there's a lot of players there that in normal circumstances would probably have been at least in the squad and, and a handful of them probably in the starting eleven. So for them to have gone out and performed the way they did against uh, an Everton side as strong as that when they weren't at, at full strength themselves is like you've like you've both said, it's it's really encouraging and um I'm me and Alex spoke about it before, I, I'm really lo- liking the look of Ryan Galvin. I think mm. he looks like a um a, a really promising young left back and he seems to be able to do both which is nice you know he seems to be able to do the um the, the proper defensive work but also um he, he likes to get forward as well yeah it did look good did look good um obviously alex it, it as i say it went it went wrong disappointing to concede two goals from set pieces virtually identical to each other and so close together yeah, very much so. I mean, you, you take those apart, and obviously Everton did have chances, but um, you, you take those two goals out of the game, and it wasn't like Wednesday were completely overrun, no. you know, in, in their defensive third. You know, they, uh, they did well to sort of stifle what is obviously a, a European standard football team, really, with, with some of the stars and the managers that they've got. Um, but yeah, me and Joe spoke about this actually after after the game on on Sunday you know it was massive frustration that it came down to set pieces which you think would be a bit of a leveler um but the quality of the ball the quality of the movement you know really paid dividends for Everton didn't it and and Wednesday unfortunately couldn't quite deal with it the, the again one of the more frustrating things is it was two of the senior men 
that that lost their markers in in the goals that were conceded and you just you know it's it's not about sort of pointing blame at anyone joe very rightly sort of pointed out on twitter that that julian Berner had come back from a very long spell out and he was he was being asked to to mark you know dominic calvert lewin and richarlison <laughs> yeah. for god's sake but um but you are sort of looking in that situation you're looking for your senior men to sort of stand up and, and take that responsibility and and guide some of the younger lads through the game. And I'm not. I'm not sure. This might be uber critical, but I'm not sure that quite happened in in some of the key moments on on Sunday, which would be the only sort of uh, downbeat note maybe from uh, from that one. But yeah, it's, it's strange after a three nil defeat and going out of the cup that that everything does seem to be so positive. But I think there's so many reasons to be. You know, given all the circumstances that Wednesday are working with at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. We got to see the new boy Joe Andre Green. What what did you make to his performance? Yeah, he looked bright. You know, for for a player who um, has not really played any football for seven months, and he's obviously getting used to his new teammates and stuff. He's he looks to be very very front foot. If you know what I mean, like he's he's not afraid to have a run at people. He's he's quite direct in his play. And um, <laughs> Neil Thompson said after the game that he was he was blowing at half time, and I'm not surprised because he. he He's he's quite a, a physical player in terms of you know he puts himself about a lot and full of running and I think when to come back from seven seven months out effectively and play against any football team is going to be tough um, at a professional level but to come back and and do that against an Everton team that are really really flying right now it, it was it was never going to be easy and I, for me I um, I just think that it was to use the same word again I thought it was encouraging I think. You know, he looked like there's definitely something there, and he looked like he could be a a good addition for Wednesday. Um, and look, it's already been mentioned by by him um, in the press, and I think it is definitely worth sort of mentioning the fact that him getting onto the end of some of Barry Bannon's balls over the top uh, that could be something that, that works quite well for Wednesday going forward. Definitely, we talked, Alex, about what what Wednesday have been crying out for and potentially that Andre Green could bring that and I, I, I do think we saw signs of that on uh, on Sunday night yeah it was bright wasn't it it was, it was everything you wanted to see from him really and I think in a lot of ways there was a bit of, there was a, a freestone of panic across Twitter when he was taken off at half time but I think although it wasn't always in the plan from what, what Tom O told us afterwards um, it, it it was good to see him not going at it sort of half-hearted easy himself in it he really did uh, work very very hard in the 45 minutes that he did play and yeah I think you know as we said encouraging is the word isn't it you know I think for 45 minutes you know you, you can't tell too much but he had something that I'm not sure this Wednesday side have got Josh Windass obviously quick but I think he's a different type of quick um, Andre Green from what, what limited stuff we've seen so a bit interesting as well that he he obviously played up front. How much of that was a needs must? You know, we don't know. But obviously, we've heard a lot of him as a as a winger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he looked pretty good down the middle. Um, and yeah, good signs really for going forward. For my money, in the next however many days is left, you know, get another striker in. Let's let's see them really uh, add to their their coffers really up front. But um, yeah, encouraging stuff from Andrew Green. On that, is there anything uh, on the cards from from what you're hearing? The striker, all a bit, yeah, all a bit quiet. Yeah, it remains all a bit quiet. Obviously, Jack Marrick coming back was, was probably one that maybe a few weeks ago was was up in the air. So that's another body 
Um, but yeah, I mean, from from what we gather, the the club are still very much looking for a a, a forward player. Um, obviously, Josh Murphy's a, a name that that's been banded around, and, and Wednesday are trying to get a deal over the line for that one. Face a lot of competition. Um, but obviously the situation at Cardiff maybe has, has slowed that down as Mick McCarthy sort of comes in and has a look at his squad. So uh, yeah, I think it's going to be another another uh, busy deadline day in, in a few <laughs> days' time. Um, you sound so like you can't for, wait for everyone. Well, I just you know I'm looking forward to that coffee at, at six o'clock in the morning and then uh, finishing my fifteenth coffee of the day at, at whatever time at night. So um, yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be entertaining if nothing less. Yes, yes. Speaking of bits and news, I have to ask the question, even though I know the answer. Joe, any progress on the on the manager situation? Not as far as I'm aware. Um, not that I would be aware, <laughs> because apparently nobody knows anything. Um, no, it is. It's uh, it's still very much the same. I am. Um, I mean, we've we spoke about it on the pod before. I just I can I can feel us leaning towards having Neil Thompson to the end of the season, and I. I really am alright with it if yeah. that if that is how things pan out and you know it gets to um, look I think it it could very much depend on what happens the next couple of games you know if Wednesday put in a, a couple of good shifts and, and get say four points from the next two games then you know Tomo's very much put his hand up for the job uh, given how the season had gone prior to that but I, I think there's there's obviously been a lot said about you know different people um, being in for the job and there was talks about Paul Cook and he obviously went out and said what he said on the radio and I think I think it's just one of those things where it's sort of Wednesday are trying to make sure well chairman is trying to make sure that he doesn't get this one wrong and I was talking to somebody earlier today and it, it's not a nice time to be appointing a manager is it you know when you when you've got the the, the world as it is right now and the, the financial situation as it is at present, um, Wednesday can't really afford to make another mistake. You know, the, and when I say afford, I mean very literally afford financially, um, let alone mistakes on the field and stuff. You, you know, it's a, they've got to be really, really careful about who they bring in next. And, you know, in many ways, Neil Thompson ticks a lot, ticks a lot of boxes, really. He's shown himself, as as we, as we have said before, just to be that steady pair of hands. He's got a response out of the players. Um, and he seems very assured in the position as anybody who spoke to him over this last, this last decade would expect because he's always seemed an assured, calm head uh, in charge of the 23s and he's bringing that to the first team level. So I, th- I think that there is that growing feeling that, that it would be accepted uh, and, and really... A, a fairly welcome move, uh, certainly to the end of the season. And then we uh, we take it from there. But we shall see what happens. Obviously, there has been some movement over the uh, last few days. Uh, the worst kept secret in football: the return of Sam Hutchinson <laughs> to uh, to Hillsborough. Alex, what have you made to uh, to this one? Yeah, I think you know we've spoken about it a little bit, haven't we? But um, the move itself makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, it sounds like the the club are more or less in control of uh, the deal in terms of a six month deal. Speaking to Joe at the press conference earlier, he sort of said that it was you know heavily incentivised and that an extension to that six months is is reliant on the number of games that he plays. So any fears that 
some Wednesday nights might have that, that Sam Hutchinson's going to come in on a on a big expensive, you know, long term deal and and not necessarily play a lot of football matches. Um, you know that they should be somewhere laid by by what he's told us this morning in terms of his mood and all the rest of it. I, I like speaking to Sam. We we don't get the opportunity to do so too much because I think reading between the lines, maybe the club are aware that he's a, a little bit of a live wire and he, he could say anything <laughs> at any point. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously it would, yeah, it's always, it's always good to speak to him because he does, he, he's so relaxed in what he says. He's very, very honest. Um, and he's a good laugh as well. And he's the sort of uh, personality I think that can come in and uh, make a, a bit of an impact, you know, with, with the younger players and whether that's short term or longer term, Sort of remains to be seen, but above all, I think from a footballing point of view, he comes into a position that maybe isn't all that well stocked. He's versatile, um, and if he can get match fit in a hurry, you know that there's there's twelve games in thirty eight days coming yeah. up, which is just madness. And I think having anybody in the in the in the building is a big bonus. But you know, if you can get Sam Hutchinson fit um, and you know playing anywhere near. Where he, he has done, you know, over the last few years for, for Sheffield Wednesday is going to be a big, big bonus, isn't he? Certainly is. Certainly is. Do you enjoy speaking to him today, Joe? Yeah, he looked really happy. Mm. Do you genuinely like, uh, you know, people say that about when players sign for new clubs and stuff, but genuinely he looked properly chuffed to be there. Like, you know, the way that he answered his questions, he looked very, very relaxed. He, he said at one point that he he's sort of taken this time to sort of reflect um, and. He just seemed very comfortable in himself, and he was talking about how, you know, coming back to Sheffield felt like home for him. Um, he said that it, it, there was a few different offers for him that he had that he could have been a bit closer to his family, but you know, he just wanted to come back here. He said he, he feels like he's got unfinished business, and uh, also his his young lad wanted him to come back as well. So I think that played a bit of a part. He <laughs> yeah. said he's ordered he's ordered he's ordered kits for all these kids so far. So there's. Six kits on the way, to, uh, home and away for all three of them. Superb, superb. I think this this is the thing. I mean, there's been so much said and, and so much speculated about everything to do with Sam Hutchinson, but I think all along what you've been able to tell is that he really likes it at Sheffield Wednesday. He really likes it in Sheffield, and and when he says unfinished business, I think I think you can you can take him at his word on that. That he genuinely feels like he has got more to do and. Nobody really would ever, uh, given the the years of service that he's given and the ups and downs that he's been through through that time, particularly in those early few years when he were at the club, nobody would ever want to go out in the manner that that he went out. Um, and and hopefully there's there's some real positive contributions to come for him uh, over the next few months and and out Wednesday survive. In, in terms of where he's at now, and obviously he's not played for for a few months. Um, did, any indication, Alex, of, of when he might be available? He, uh, I asked him that very question, and he said, I, I want to be available against Coventry. He wants to dive straight in. Um, he did also say that that's not his decision, and it's over to Tomo to make that call, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bench, maybe. I mean, we saw with Andre Green, obviously he had a little bit more of a a run into the to the Everton game, but obviously he was thrown straight in for for his debut. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily expect to see that for for Hutch, but you know who knows. You know, as we said last 
time. Stranger things have happened. Um, but he certainly feels that he's he's fit and raring to go, and you can see he was he was absolutely desperate. There's a couple of really good, like funny little bits. That, um, I think you know it's already been seen on Twitter, but um, there was a question about how how his experience with Greece was in Greece was. And he oh, said yes. it was Cyprus, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, he came back and said, oh, "Yeah, I've forgotten about it already as well." You know, it sort of played it down a bit, and then. Uh, there was a question about him, Atty, and Mick McCarthy, and a few others going out to Cyprus, and and why that was. Um, and he was completely honest and said it's because it's a tax haven. So there we go, a little bit of honesty from Sam Hutchinson, <laughs> which is a fantastic indication of what you were saying earlier of why he's not put up for press so much because yeah. the answers are far, far too honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who can blame him? But what a year! Imagine getting that towards coming towards the end of your career. You think, oh, yeah, nice, nice year away in Cyprus, and then he just gets completely <laughs> decimated by. Uh, I tell you what, COVID. he looked great. I saw some pictures, and he had a great tan on him. <laughs> Good man. I'm glad he's enjoyed himself. Jokes aside, though, with the Cyprus thing, it was it was COVID that did it for him. Um, yeah. From Gavin yeah. listening to him talk, basically, I think the plan was that he would go to Cyprus and it would be a little bit of a change of pace, but, you know, he could get over and see his family regularly and they could come and see him. And then obviously with the travel restrictions, it all that just went out the window. So I think that was ultimately why he decided that he needed to come home and, and call it a day out there. Yeah, yeah. Let's get him back settled uh, at home and see, uh, see when we, we see him first. It could be against uh, Coventry on Wednesday night. Uh, what are we expecting from this one, Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not that long since we played him, is it? So, it's it's a massive game. It's an absolutely yeah. massive game for Wednesday. You look at the results that have sort of happened over the last, what, couple of weeks, really. Um, and all of a sudden, Wednesday, uh, you know, they're, they're adrift a little bit. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big one now, given the fact that Coventry are down there as well. Um, they're battling a little bit with a few injuries. Um, and they've got a few guys who are... Um, we're not going to be available. Tyler Walker being one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, Ryan Giles as well. He's just, uh, I think he's played about 20 games for them this season. He's just been recalled by, by Wolves. So that's another another body that's not available for them. Um, but yeah, they, I'll be going down tomorrow. Um, I've managed to book a hotel right outside the ground at Birmingham, by the way, which I'm delighted about. It's literally a 30-second walk away. Super. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's going to be a, an interesting game. And I think that for me, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the squad looks like because, you know, the, the, with the COVID situation, with the injury situation, um, it'd be it'll be for me it'll be interesting to see how much of the team that went to Everton was by choice and how much of it was was just straight up necessity. Yeah, yeah, will be. This feels like the point where they should be coming out of the of the other side with the with the COVID stuff. Obviously, people can still pick it up, but kind of coming into the other side of this and 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 hopefully moving on from that that bit of a crisis uh, that they have. But Alex, would you see this as as must win? Yeah, you know it, that. What I said before: twelve games in thirty eight days. I, I've written a piece actually. It's going out. Shortly, you know, on how important this is, and, and how at the end of this six-week period, I mean, twelve matches in six weeks is just madness, isn't it? And then it can see Wednesday survival hopes 
you know, at the end of 12 games, they could be well clear and, and looking at, at mid-table and Neil Thompson's the, the new Mourinho and, and everything's rosy. They could just about keep, you know, in, in touch and, and you go into the end of the season um, with a with a real sort of dogfight on your hands. And alternatively, no, no one hopes this is the case, obviously, but those hopes could have been shot in the head and, and everyone's looking at, at League One. You know, it's massive, this run, and there's a lot of, of luck in there with injuries and, and suspensions and that sort of thing. You know, the what we've said about the, the COVID situation, you know, some players at other clubs have taken a few weeks to come back and obviously player, player health is absolutely paramount. So Neil Thompson spoke about that a little bit on Sunday. Um so yeah, it's just massive, and it all starts with with Coventry, which is obviously another team that are down there, and they're expected to be down there really for for the the rest of the the run in. And um, yeah, it, I think a lot of momentum can be taken from this one game. Uh, so must win sounds about right, Liam. It, it, obviously, obviously, look, it's one football match out of a, a season of, of forty six. So you know, don't. Don't take it as I'm saying. You know they lose this the the down or anything like that. But um, yeah, a win and a, a good performance would be very very powerful. I think for for the club leading into this this manic run of fixtures. Yeah, certainly would. Certainly would. On the COVID front, just had a thing through from the AFL that 26 positive tests last week from 4,794 players tested. Um, six, took those twenty six across twelve clubs. So after that bit of a spike over Christmas, it, it where there were a lot of clubs really having issues with it, it, it seems to have have managed to calm down a little bit. Uh, Joe, in terms of it's not been too much of an issue right now for for clubs in general. Yeah, who'd have thought a spike over Christmas when everyone's seeing their families and stuff? <laughs> absolute absolute shock. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's good that it's it's quieting down a little bit because you know that it was looking like a, a very precarious situation for for the football league in general. Um, I mean, you all know all about it with with League One and sort of what's happened in the past, and it, it was getting to a point where you know the, the future of the league this season was was very much in doubt. But if things are getting back under control and they're, they're getting ahead of it all now, then you know maybe we can see this this season out and. Uh, I'm just. I was saying to Alex after the game the other day, it's been sad not having fans there all the way through this. You know, when I came back to to England for this job, you know, I did not expect to be going to empty stadiums for the first, you know, however, however long it's been. But this weekend was tough. Mm. It was it was really sad going out at, at Everton and this you know this historical. You know, this old lady of a stadium that's got so much history and just felt wrong, mate. It just felt like, uh, I don't know, just felt like a bit of a tragedy that there was nobody there. Yeah. Uh, hope, hopefully, and I, look, I'm, I'm not particularly hopeful in terms of what is what is possible because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll get fans again um, this season, but hopefully, no. hopefully at some point in the not too distant future, um, we can see some Wednesdayites. Singing I.O. Silver Lining once again. Yeah, I think I think the FA Cup as a whole, um, and particularly since, from the third round onwards, it is really hammered on the, the, the absence of fans. I were at the London Stadium with Doncaster Rovers, uh, and you imagine that a few 
a few thousand Rovers fans would have gone down there for that one. Um, magnificent stadium. It's, it's, it's a wonderful place, but it's not so great when it's empty. Um, and yeah, that really hammered home that. And even when you looked at like well, Chorley against Wolves, um, yeah, what an okay. I, I, I've been to a, a cup tie at Chorley again. They played Doncaster Rovers a few years ago. There were plenty packed into there that day, and, and it made a tremendous noise. And yeah, it, it very much seems like reserve team football when there's just a handful of people, all staff of course, just dotted around. So yeah, this hopefully we can we can what well, even if it is for the rest of this season we can put this season to bed and uh, get back to some semblance of normality towards the end of the year but you don't uh, you uh, can't hold your breath with that one at the minute uh, just before we go on to everybody's favourite part of the show the quiz at the end where I get thoroughly embarrassed again Joe I understand <laughs> you've got some uh, Liam Shaw news um, yeah it's nothing major it's basically just that you know talks are ongoing I, I was told today that the you know there is a little bit of something in the in the reports that, that Celtic have, have shown an interest in him. You know, interest is interest. At the end of the day, there's so many clubs watching so many players. And um, Liam, uh, he's out of contract. You know, he's available as a free agent. At the end of this season, he's burst onto the scene. He's, he's big. He's, he's got over his feet. So, you know, it is no no surprise whatsoever that, that clubs would be watching him. Um, yeah, but talks, talks are ongoing with Wednesday. It's not like, you know, from what I can gather, it's not like there's been any sort of breakdown in that sense um, I just hope that that they can sort something out for Liam because uh, I really do think he's got, got quite a bright future ahead of him yeah yeah, he's shown uh, shown plenty already so now I will indeed hand over to uh, Alex Miller to take the reins marvellous thank you Liam uh, so the score at the minute in terms of our little quiz and I hate to hammer this point home Liam it's, uh, it's <laughs> Cran 2 Holt one, one from one, Chris Holt, and uh, and Liam Hoden. Uh, yet to get off the mark, but as we know, you know, all great strikers, you get one away, and and all of a sudden, uh, you you're well away. So we, we're going to get back to uh, the missing men. I've picked a uh, relevant match uh, from Sheffield Wednesday's history, and I want you to take it in turns to uh, name a player that played on that day. Uh, we're going to, as ever, include substitutes that came on the bench. Uh, so, sorry, off the bench, uh, but unused substitutes will not be included. Are we clear, gentlemen? Yes. Crystal. Yeah, I'm clear. just worried okay. about the guys coming on the bench. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is that. Um, so uh, we will go to this day. 30 years ago it's a, a season that's become very close to my heart uh, the 1990-91 season so on this day 30 years ago the 26th of January 1991 was the FA Cup 4th round a 4-4 draw with Millwall and uh, yeah I'd like you to take it in turns to uh, name players who played in this match one or two names that you might think in there uh, are missing um, and because of my recent research on this I can tell you exactly why um, but Liam as you are uh, bringing up the rear as it stands you can have the honour of going first just bear with me one second hopefully you can hear that guys and yeah Liam please fire away uh, I will go with 
you've worried me with this saying that one or two players are missing. I feel well, like if I'm you know that season, yeah. if you know that season, you, you can sort of work backwards from yeah. there. Um, I'll go with Chris Turner. Chris Turner, a brave one first up, but indeed Chris Turner was in goal. He took over from uh, Kevin Pressman at Christmas. Uh, Joe, over to you. Yeah, I'm. I'm very nervous about this one. This, I was, I was literally, a, pretty much a fetus. Um, <laughs> uh, John Harks. John Harks did play on the right midfield. Over to you, Liam. Um, Viv Anderson. Such a great shout. Viv Anderson played at right back. Brilliant. This could be a tight one, this. Joe, what have you got? Yeah, I had Viv Anderson. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the fact that he played at right back, my next one was going to be Roland Nielsen, but I, I don't know now. Um, uh, what about Danny Wilson? Danny Wilson was an unused substitute on that day so Joe Cram mm. you've you, you've actually lost your very first oh no sorry no it was, it was your last time. Oh. Uh, so yeah oh, <laughs> the, sorry, the music yeah. is very excited <laughs> it, it, it does start up again uh, bear with me there we go there we go yeah. okay so Joe Cran, you have lost a life. Let, let's hold it together, lads. So we, we've had Chris Turner, Viv Anderson, and John Harks. Over to you, Mr. Hoden. Uh, Nigel Worthington. Nigel Worthington played on the left of midfield, correct. Joe Cran, you have no room for manoeuvre here. You have one linker at one more would hand the uh, the point to Mr. Hoden. Uh, Nigel Pearson. Nigel Pearson did play he was of course the captain at the heart of defence Liam Hoden Phil King Phil King did play at left back that famous left hand side just behind Nigel Worthington I, I, I'm feeling more confidence in your answers this week Liam this is, this in is, your element here yeah this is a little bit more my era. Not my era, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Mr. Cran? Um, I, I'm literally just, it's guesswork now, so I'm just naming names I know we're playing then. Um, David Hurst? David Hurst, of course, played up front. So we've had Chris Turner, Viv Anderson, Nigel Pearson, Phil King, John Harks, Nigel Worthington, and David Hurst. Uh, I feel like I'm going to have to go for John Sheridan John Sheridan <laughs> is correct <laughs> that music was perfect absolute perfectly timed I need to sort out the soundtrack uh, for next week but yeah uh, Mr Crown over to you there are only three names remaining and I've no idea what we're going to do if we, if we get to the end of this one I can't imagine we will. Um, Carlton Palmer? Carlton Palmer did play in the middle of midfield. So I can tell you uh, that we are missing uh, a substitute, a striker and a defender, Liam. Over to you. 
Peter Shirtliff. Correct, Peter Shirtliff was at the heart of defence. That is okay. Of course, with Nigel Pearson. Um, so, yeah, just the two remaining. One left in the starting lineup, one from the bench, uh, Mr. Cran. I think I'm selling myself down the river here, but my brain's gone fuzzy. Ro- Roland Nielsen? Roland Nilsson was injured I'm afraid Uh, he came back a few games after this in the lead up to the the cup final Liam if you want to go on a a, you've already won but if you want to go on a victory lap uh, Uh, who do you think Dillian Atkinson no Dillian Atkinson was sold the summer before his replacement his replacement came off the bench Trevor Francis Trevor Francis started up front and Paul Williams came off Paul the bench Williams, for Trevor yes. Francis. Yeah. Uh, Danny Wilson, as we said, the unused substitute in that game. So there we have it, Liam Hoden. You yes, are on the board, the my friend. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna I, go knew, for a I knew Nielsen was wrong. I'm going to go for a victory lap around the block, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's how elated I am this evening. So the leaderboard, uh, Joe Cran 2, Chris Holt 1. Liam Hoden won. Congratulations, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate that one. That was the most enjoyable one so far, I think. Uh, I would have to say. <laughs> that tends to be the case when you win, mate. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have another one of those early on next week. Of course, we'll have a missing man, uh, or who am I, later on in the week as we reconvene after the game against Coventry on uh, on Wednesday. But thanks very much for joining me, fellas. Um, I've always appreciate your time. As you'll have heard at the top, of the programme we do have an offer on our subscription to the star website at the minute 20% off the offer code is there you'll you'll get it uh, that runs up until transfer deadline day uh, next Monday so take advantage of that 20% off to get unlimited access to all the excellent work that these two fellas produce day in and day out um, stick with us on the star.co.uk for all the build up and coverage to that game against Coventry that we've been talking about and you can follow us on Twitter at the Star Hours and find our dedicated Wednesday Facebook page for now that's everything uh, thanks very much for joining us take care and we'll speak to you again very soon cheers Head over to thestar.co.uk for all the latest news, views and analysis of all things Sheffield Wednesday. Follow us on Twitter, at the Star Owls, or search on Facebook for our dedicated Sheffield Wednesday page. And remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever.